0: Bibles and go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 10, 2nd Corinthians chapter 10, and uh, I prepared a lesson here, this is the last last lesson in our series on overcoming wounded hearts, and today we're going to deal with strongholds, strongholds, that fourth element that we were looking at, Uh, we have wounds, we have lies, there's vows, and then there is, uh, turn this on, then there are strongholds. Strongholds are, most of the time, the visible aspect of our problems. It's what people see in us, and that's what they usually react to, is our strongholds. And many times you can see how that if there's, if there's wounds, and then in those wounds are lies, and then because of those lies, I've made vows, or I've kind of allowed the flesh to take control of my situation, and these strongholds develop you can see that when you're dealing with someone and they're, they're behaving badly or they've got some sin problem, you, you know that it's not so simple like going up to them and say, well, why did you just stop that? <laughs> just stop that, you know? Uh, that would be great. You know, you just go to people, just stop doing that and everything will be okay. Uh, but many times, the action or the behavior is based upon something that goes quite a bit deeper. And that's usually because of a stronghold. And so I want to talk about that today, and hopefully this will help you understand this a little bit more. This particular um, lesson that I've created here, I I don't think I'm going to get through it tonight. I'm going to just cut it in half and keep it shorter, maybe continue on next week. Uh, Next Sunday morning, we have missionary Len Crow with us to Cambodia, so I won't be preaching in the morning, so I don't know what I'm going to do for the evening, but I may just uh, continue on with this particular lesson here. And anyway, strongholds, spiritual warfare is a real issue in Christians' lives. And I I just want to point that out. I'm not one of these people that deny spiritual warfare. I believe it's real. I've seen it. I've done it. Uh, Satan is real. The demons are real. Uh, They work in people's lives. They manifest themselves in many ways. And they, they put people in bondage in many different ways. And we have to believe in spiritual warfare. We have to fight on a spiritual level. Many neglect to acknowledge the huge role that Satan has in their lives through demonic influence. They are constantly seeking for ways to control people. I'm talking about the demons here. And bring them into deep bondage that causes the person to lose hope for themselves. You've got to remember that he is the father of all lies. And not only that... The Bible says he's a murderer from the beginning. So his ultimate goal is to destroy you. He is not your friend. He's not giving you what you think you want so that you'll be happy. He's bringing you deeper and deeper so that you will look at your life and say, I have no hope and he wants you to end it. He loves abortions. He loves euthanasia. He loves murdering of people and he loves suicide. And if you've ever had a suicidal thought, that's not your thought. That's Satan's thought. That I'm in control because I've made vows <laughs> to find out the thing to us. And immediately we start to compute. We start to imagine what they're doing, what they're feeling, really what they're trying to get at here. <laughs> we know that because we know the heart of man. Uh, many times you're wrong. Sometimes you can get it right. They manifest. But many times you're wrong. Your computes are wrong. And Satan's just and us all kinds of things to get to his stronghold. Every high thing itself against a knowledge of so anything that if they say this is the truth, you'd say something like, "Yeah, but," and then you add your take on it. That's above the truth, amen. Your your opinion doesn't matter. You magnifying your own ideas of you're magnifying yourself above the name of God. That's where Satan gets an advantage, and so. You got to make sure that you think in the truth. Don't let your thoughts just get away from you and think you have your philosophies. I've heard people say, well, this is the, problem. well, if that principle causes harm. It's, a, it's something that you've risen above the Word of God, meaning the Word of God. That's something you got to get rid of. Amen? And so it's very important that we understand what this is saying at Peter. Peter began voicing the things that Satan was trying to get him to voice. He was operating within the will of Satan. Yet he was a disciple of Jesus. Amen? So don't think for a second, that part of you, your soul, that is tainted with sin, your body, always bathe your mind in the word of God. Because whatever is lies, Satan has access to that part of your life and he can work through that area of your life. Lies are his territory. Darkness is his domain. The boundaries of your false ideas. He can well live within that and work within that and do whatever he wants within that. That is his domain. But the Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So he tells us to walk in the light, even as he is in the light. Amen. As long as we walk in the light, Satan can't get a hold of our life. (laughs) You know, We've just got to make sure that we're constantly moving our life in the different areas of our life into the light of Scripture, into the light of God's Word. Amen? Then Satan can't touch you. But if you got these areas where, Satan, where, where you're walking in darkness, that's where Satan will work in your life. That's where the strongholds will be developed. That's where the damage will be done. All right? And so, anyways, um, this area of sin and behavior can be a fortification of Satan in our soul that cannot be defeated by, the will, by your willpower or your self-control, there has to be a deployment of spiritual weapons to fight this kind of warfare. You're not going to say, well, I'm just going to pull my bootstraps up and we'll win this. <laughs> You've never had the strength to defeat this army. You never have. In fact, that's been your problem all along, is that we've decided in our flesh to control our situation. And because of that, Satan is now in control. We entered into his domain, and now he's the one calling the shots. That's not, by taking control for yourself, isn't going to bring you victory. (laughs) What you need to do is turn to Christ. Turn to the power of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Then it says, take unto you the whole armor of God. And these things are not made by us. These pieces of armor are not you. They are actually made by God himself. Amen. They're not made of the flesh. (laughs) They're not carnal. You can't put them on by pulling up your bootstraps. (laughs) Amen. You put them on by submission and yielding and humility. That's how you do it. If you're unsubmissive in your life, you you will have the devil walk right over you. It's through humility that grace pours into your soul. It's through uh, a submissive mind and heart to God that Satan, can't. he doesn't even know what to do with that. He can't touch it. But through your unsubmissiveness, that's where he's got a hold. Where we are bucking God, bucking the things of God. That's where Satan fights us, amen? So you want to beat this saying, This isn't about you and your willpower and your self-control and I'm going to do this and I don't need any help and so forth. You need help and you need far more help than you think you do. Amen. It has to be overcome through spiritual means and you got to do it by turning your heart to God. So number one, Christians can surrender ground to Satan. It can happen. Ephesians 4, 27, we have the warning Neither give place to the devil. The word place there is the Greek word topos. It's the same word they use in the map, topography. It's talking about a piece of real estate. So when you, you can actually give a piece of your real estate over to Satan. And he can have that. He can possess that. And he can operate within that piece of real estate. So there are certain areas of our life we give over, we give ground in. And we give him permission to come in and take control of that area of our life. Even though we're not saying it, but that's what's happening. We're giving place. In that passage, it's talking about all kinds of things. It's talking about anger. It's talking about uh, uh, our words, the, the things that we talk about and so forth. And it talks about stealing and sinful things like that. All kinds of things like that can open up the door to give ground to satan in your life a christian cannot be owned by the devil i want you to know that amen we talk about demon possession and we get really many times i find it really distracts the real the real help that we need is we get caught up on this thing well are you saying a christian can be possessed well number one uh if you're bought by the blood of jesus you're already possessed by god amen but another thing you need to understand is That even though you're possessed by God, you've got a sinful soul. And your body is filthy. It desires things that it ought not desire. Your flesh principle in you is an ungodly thing. And so those parts of you are connected to this world. They're connected to Satan's spiritual domain. Amen? So even though my spirit has been made alive, even though he possesses me and he's inside of me and he indwells me, that doesn't mean he's controlling my mind. Because in the scriptures it tells us that we need to make choices as to whether God is going to renew our mind or not. It doesn't happen automatically. It's based upon our submission. (laughs) Amen. So when you submit to truth, that's when our mind becomes purified. You know, uh, what is the word I'm looking at? The verse I'm looking for here. How shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? You're not going to have a clean way without making a decision (laughs) that it's not automatic we're not we're not uh calvin calvinist christians here you know where oh it's just automatic god will make you what well in the end ultimately sure when jesus christ comes again well we're all going to hit the finish line at the same time amen but that's not what we're concerned about right now we're concerned about this time right now when we still have a soul that has that sin principle in it and we still have this body that we need to shed but it's not going to be shed just yet amen This is the time we need that help. (laughs) Over there, I'm not concerned about the resurrection day. (laughs) That's all taken care of, amen? This is where I need to make choices. That choice has already been made when I got saved. That's happening. It was guaranteed because I made a decision to receive Christ as my Savior. But now in this particular time of my life, in this progressive sanctification process... I need to make decisions and take heed to the scripture. I need to gird up the loins of my mind and need to renew my thinking so that God can control me more and more and manifest his life through me. Amen? That's a choice. That's a faith choice. And that's why we get rewarded for it. Amen? If it was automatic, why would he give rewards? He'd give rewards because it's based on your choice. Just like a runner that runs the race. Amen? Not every runner gets first place. Some conk out after, you know, half the half the trip. Why is that? Well, they didn't take seriously the choices they needed to make. Right? Or maybe some took shortcuts. They got disqualified. Right? And so we need to understand that just like a runner is is striving towards a mastery of of winning that prize is the same way that we as christians need to make choices every day on how the lord changes our mind and heart amen because we have this sin principle in us that if we neglect it just the same way a runner would be would neglect his body what would happen if he'd stop training and eat potato chips (laughs) you know what i mean i guarantee you he wouldn't get very far in the next race And that's what the Lord wants to see from us. Amen. He wants us to train ourselves. Discipline. That's what a disciple is. The word disciple comes from discipline. Amen. So we have to make choices to become like the master and be a pupil, a learner from the master. All right. And so I'm just saying this because I need you to understand. I don't want to give you this idea that Satan can possess a Christian because we know that we're already bought and paid for. But what he can do is through our permission, he can control your thoughts, your your feelings, and your actions. And even the words you say. I'm convinced when our language becomes filthy, it's demonic. That's demonic. That's just not in us to do if we're born again. (laughs) That is Satan influencing you. Amen? Amen. Especially if you're allowing influences into your life, where you're listening to it a lot, or you're hanging around people that are doing it a lot. You will allow that into your heart, and it will come out of your mouth. What, what's in a man will come out of the man. Amen? And so you got to be very careful. All these things, it's just not a matter of, oh, well, I do this. No, no. We are on a spiritual battlefield here. And if you find yourself living a life opposing the scripture, opposing the word of God, it's not just because it's by chance. There is a satanic presence and a power that is working in your life to control you and bring you down. And it's time to fight and win. Amen. Because we've already got the victory if we just claim it. All right. And so Christians can surrender ground to Satan. Literally, root issues need to be exposed to evict Satan. So God didn't let him in. God didn't give him permission. We gave him permission. Through our surrender to sin, to bad things in our life, we're allowing things in our heart, we're allowing darkness in, we are giving him permission in all that darkness to set up shop and to begin building a stronghold. It's our decision. So we need to find out What's the root cause of this? That's where we go back to wounds. That's where we go back to lies. That's where we find many people live a wicked life because they look at their life and they begin to say, well, if God was so good, why did he let this happen to me? You know, I, I heard of someone this week. Um, uh, forget who it was. Maybe it's good that I don't remember who it was. <laughs> but but someone had told me that this person was an atheist because their father died, well, why would God let my father die? So I choose not to believe in God. So there's a womb there, but instead of seeking for the truth about why there is death and why my father would die, why my mother would die, or whether why my friend would die, or maybe somebody else has died in your life, and you can't, you can't sort that out, why not go to the scripture and find the answer, the truth? But many people, instead of going to the truth... They just come up with a lie. Well, it's because God isn't real. He doesn't care. And it's through that, that now that lie is planted, they begin to make decisions. I'm never going to trust God again. Now the flesh is in control. And if the flesh is in control, now Satan can access and start building strongholds. And those strongholds end up in depression, all kinds of different things, and we'll look at some of those things uh, today. So, root issues need to be exposed. We need to go to the, the source. It's just like I said; it's not a matter of just going to someone and saying, "Stop doing that." <laughs> I mean, you could say that, and it's true; they should stop <laughs> doing that. But chances are, you'll, you're not so powerful by you saying, "Stop doing that," that all of a sudden everything is fixed. That's just not the way it works. If they're the ones that gave ground. They have to be the ones to reclaim the ground. They are the ones that have to go to God with it. As much as I want people to have freedom, really I have no power in people's lives. I can pray for them. Lord, help them to see. But they have to be the ones, because they're the ones that gave permission, they have to withdraw the permission. Amen? All right? And so letter B, many times ground is lost seeking solutions outside of truth. And I have met so many over the couple of decades that I've been a pastor that have gone to different things, even Christian things, and all it did is bring them further into bondage. Folks, if you've ever had people come to you and lay their hands on you and pray over you, you need to renounce that. It's one thing when you do that in a church context, when you have the authority of the local church, you have the scripture and you have a purpose for what you're doing. But you don't just let anybody come to you, hey, let me pray over you and then put their hand on you. There's such a thing that's called demonic transference. And if that person has a demonic issue, they can transfer that into your life because you're, you're giving heed. You're actually submitting to it you know it's one thing if they put their hand on you saying what are you doing you idiot you know there's no transfer taking place (laughs) amen but it's it's when people actually give heed to it and say oh this may be a solution and they open up their heart to it that's why the bible says in the last days some shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils seducing spirits (laughs) That's why in some of these, I've done some research into some of these movements, the Toronto Airport movement and stuff like that, where the person in charge there would wave his hand over the crowd, and as he waved his hand, the people would fall over. (sighs) Exactly as he waved. Now people, oh God, (laughs) that ain't no God. That's the devil. That is the devil. That is wicked and ungodly. You ought never be a part of something like that. There was three Baptist preachers. While this was really the craze in the United States, uh, Howard Brown, who was really at the head of all of that, really at the you know at the beginning of it, they went into his service, and he was trying to trying to stir up this kind of charismatic chaos within the congregation, and he couldn't he couldn't do it. And this is what he said: He said, "There's some here that are hindering the work of God." Just because the Baptist preachers were there praying, it kept the devil from doing what he needed to do in these people's lives. And that preacher that was up there doing it, he sensed it, that someone is hindering us from doing this. Somebody's not surrendered. (laughs) Well, they're surrendered all right, (laughs) just not surrendered to your spirit. So giving heed to seducing spirits. So you never just give heed. Oh yeah, lay your hand on me. No. You take that hand and you slap it. So get that filthy hand away from me. You will not touch me or my children ever. Don't let them do it. (laughs) Because that is a lot of demonic issues happen. And there's been people that have gone through counseling because of severe depression and so forth. And it was linked to the fact when somebody laid hands on them. They were seeking a solution to their problem. That's not the way to seek a solution. (laughs) And that will not fix your problem. It's going to make it worse. There are scriptural, principle-based solutions for your life. (laughs) It's not a magical thing. (laughs) I had one guy tell me a time, He says, yeah, one time I I had this real problem and the preacher came to me and he says, oh, I see that there's a sword in you. And he came up to me and he he grabbed the sword and he pulled it out. And then I was free and I was just kind (laughs) of, so the preacher saw this sword. (laughs) You saw this sword, the preacher saw this sword. You're a bunch of whacks. That is not the way God works. That's wackiness. Our God is a God of order. God of truth. You just can't make it up as you go along here because you feel it's a, a, a good testimony to tell. What a demonic thing to tell your kids how God works, that the preacher can just pull out a sword and now I'm free. My goodness, it's wicked. It's wicked. And I'm sorry, I know there's a lot of preachers in this world that would hate me, and that's okay because I want people to have freedom. That's what this is about. Amen? And so many times ground is lost seeking solutions outside of truth be careful who you go to some of these new age techniques that are out there get away from it don't go there <laughs> oh i want to quit smoking so you tap your head and you do this and th- no you don't you want to quit smoking you turn to the father in heaven he is your solution to everything amen you don't go to these wacky people <laughs> and find solutions apart from god's word our weapons are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So many have Christian experiences where Satan gets a foothold in their lives and you, gotta, you cannot let that happen. Don't let demonic transference take place in your life. It is true. Uh, one time there's one fella, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of water witching. Water witching, they can take two uh, uh, your rods or whatever. They used to do this in construction for everything from... Empty pipes, nothing in them, plastic pipes, wires underground, you name it. And I always say, oh, well, there's there's power, no, no, it's demonic. You don't find water by witching. There's a reason why it's called witching, (laughs) amen? It's not scriptural. And so the one guy tried doing it, he says, well, I can't do it. he says, hold on there. He goes like this, puts his hands on him, backs off, and then he could do it. Now you tell me the power behind that. The science. It's called transference. It's real. You don't let people lay their hands on you to accomplish something that you're looking to accomplish. Amen? That's craziness. (laughs) Protect your homes. Protect yourself. Uh, So it's a a real issue. Never allow anybody to place their hands on you. Uh, Number two, a stronghold is an area of life where the believer cannot live with joy and peace. You can't have joy and peace there. If you have a stronghold in your life, it may not be drugs, it may not be alcohol, it may not be pornography, it may not be other things. that. It could be very simple things. But whatever it is that's keeping you from experiencing joy and peace in your life, that is a stronghold. So it's up to you to figure out what that is. Satan doesn't, he's not saying, oh, I only torture people this way. <laughs> He'll torture you anyway. Any way that he can get in, he's going to get in. Amen? So you have to be discerning as to where is it, what part of my life am I not experiencing peace in? Why, do I, why am I always upset? Why am I always agitated? <laughs> you know? Well, you need to find that answer. This is spiritual warfare. And there's probably a stronghold that's been developed there, and you need to find out where the core of that is, and you need to have that rooted out so you can be free. So I'm going to spend the rest of this time looking at characteristics of strongholds, and then we'll get to the rest of this uh, next week. So what are some characteristics? Number one, compulsion. Compulsion is a very strong urge to do something. A force that makes someone do something. It gets very, it can get very strong with certain people. That's why you hear it on the news all the time. Well, I didn't really want to do, but this power made me do it. It was such a deep stronghold in this person's life that Satan had control over his actions. And it was a compulsion. He couldn't find any way not to do what he was going to do. So any type of mentality like that tells you that you have a stronghold in that area where you feel compulsed all the time and have a compulsion to do things. Number two is restlessness. There's a lack of peace. You cannot sit in quiet with your own thoughts too long. (laughs) That's why many people put the earbuds in. They put the music on. They put the TV, have the TV running 24-7. They're trying to fill up their mind, but really what they're really doing is trying to to somehow... uh, Get, get the voices or the ideas that are in the mind. They're trying to quiet them down or at least distract themselves from that restlessness that's in them. So they get busy in their mind, you know. Folks, you need to make sure, and you should at least try it every week or, or even every day in your Bible time, put everything away, your phones, everything, and just go and be quiet somewhere. Well, I just can't sit still. <laughs> well, that's a problem. That's a problem because you need to sit still. In fact, Mary, when she went to Jesus, she sat still at the feet of Jesus. That's the way that she learned. And if you can't sit still, you're not going to grow. You're not going to grow. And Satan wants you to be all distracted so you can't learn the principles of Scripture, so you can't grow in the faith, so you can't have grace in your life. He's going to try to get you all restless where I can't ever sit still. That's not a part of your character, It's not a part of your personality. It's a part of the character you've allowed because of your stronghold. That isn't who you are. Well, this is the kind of person I am. No, you're just trying to, the devil's trying to twist your identity. Trying to make you think that that's a part of your person. It's not. A part, very few of us know exactly the person that we really are. Do you understand that? It's only as we allow the Lord to change our minds purifier thinking that the new creature emerges but many of us have the cloud over us the distractions the you know the stuff in our minds that keep that new man from surfacing and showing himself that new man is a great soul winner that new man loves people to death amen that new man is faithful to god in all things he is he is that new man is powerful and he's bold. That new man stands against sin. You say, well, that's not me. Oh, that is you, but that's you emerging. And whatever's keeping you from emerging, you need to get rid of it. <laughs> Amen. You need to deal with it. And many times it is strongholds. Now, I'm not saying every person has the same personality dynamics. We're all either very aggressive or, you know, we have different dynamics. Some of us are quieter. Some of us are more are louder. But all I know is every one of us are soul winners in our own way. Every one of us will love the church. The new man would do nothing to hurt this assembly. So if you're hurting the assembly, it's not the new man. It's the old one. <laughs> Amen. You can just nail that down. I wish you'd be able to convince people of that truth. <laughs> Amen. Number three hopelessness the bible says hope deferred make it the heart sick so the devil wants you to lose hope in your situation if he can do that then your heart becomes sick that's when depression sets in and you go to the doctor they'll give you pills and you'll be just okay healed right i'm sorry i don't believe that i believe it just numbs you that's all but nothing is dealt with the hopelessness nothing is dealt with the core issues It's just a a satanic way of keeping you locked up and keeping that new man under the wraps. Not being able to emerge. Amen? There's addictions. We turn to alcohol, drugs to feel better. Um, But this leads to, uh, to an addiction to the feeling of it. It is a pseudo peace that does not last and brings you deeper into despair. Whether it's Marijuana, whether it's prescription medicine, I don't care what you call it, get it out of your life. I mean, if you need prescription for a disease, I know that. But I'm talking about many people use prescription to get high. Pain medication to numb themselves. Addictions, get rid of it. (laughs) You don't need it, it's wrong. And it's keeping you from being everything God wants you to be And you're going to meet God one day. You're going to look at Jesus in the eye. And you're going to feel very ashamed that he was never allowed to live his life through you. When you could have easily had it, if you just chose. Amen? Addiction. So alcohol, drugs, folks, we're against that here. We're not for moderate drinking. We're not for uh, drinking a little bit on the weekends with friends. That is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. And it will lead you to worse things You need to get rid of it. Well, we just do it to have some fun. Well, you can have fun many other ways without putting poison in your body. Amen. Amen. Lots of ways. (laughs) Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Amen. Is not wise. It's foolishness. Number five, self-deception. In an effort to be perceived as in control... You will lie to yourself about your ability to walk away from drugs, alcohol, pornography, uh, whatever problem you're going through. Perhaps you convince yourself that you're not bitter when you really are. Many people that are bitter ask them, are you bitter? They say, no, I'm not bitter. (laughs) But you can see the bitterness on them. In fact, not only that, you can see it come out of their mouth. They're constantly talking negatively about somebody. Well, that's because of bitterness. You're, You're embittered. And when you're embittered, you're poisoned towards that person and nothing positive can come out of your mouth about that person. That is bitterness. And The Bible talks about bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. So the evil speaking is the last part of that whole thing. There, there's bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. All these things have taken place before you actually speak anything evil about that person. Amen? <laughs> You've already got an anger problem, you're already clamorous, you're already wrathful. The evil speaking is the final barrier where that bitterness escapes your heart into the ears of others. And the Bible says that your bitterness defiles many. It's like a poisonous tree that comes up and it starts touching everybody around you, amen? And it comes through the tongue. And so we got to (laughs) forgive. It says, be kind one to another, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You've got no right to be bitter. No right. Well, you say, you don't understand what this person has done to me. All I know is that Jesus Christ went through worse things than you. And he gave you an example to forgive that person. So that means you have no right Not to forgive them. No right. And if you're claiming your rights on being bitter, you're working against God. And that's why Satan can gain a hold in your life through bitterness. That's one of those acceptable Christian sins, right? (laughs) It's not. It's darkness. And if that darkness is in your heart, Satan has every right to work out of that particular area of your life. And he, he's not happy with just staying where he is. <laughs> he uses one point to launch over into another point. I always tell people, it's kind of like a football field. And you have the building, your, your whole arena there. It's got a door on the front. God owns the building. But you're the manager. You're the steward. You're the one that's supposed to take care of it. You were careless. You left the door open. <laughs> Satan comes in and starts building strongholds starting at the one yard line now his whole thing is i want to take over the whole field so he starts on one moves to the next moves to the next moves to the next and until we go back to the owner and say we need some help evicting this person here they're going to continue owning basically owning the whole field yet god owns the building And I'm still the manager. (laughs) But there's all kinds of chaos going on in my field. Amen? That's how it works in a Christian's life. And so what you have to do is, you have to go to the owner of the building and say, hey, I messed up. I'm confessing this before you. I'm I'm admitting that I was wrong and you're right, but I need your power now to evict this guy out of my building. (laughs) Then the Lord says, okay, let's do it. And starts breaking down strongholds, moving toward the, front, the first line, the first yard line. And when he gets that last one down, he gives him a boot out the door. Then he says, go close the door. Then you go do it. And now you say, I'm not going to leave the door open anymore. I want to make sure they got the proper ticket when they come in. <laughs> Amen. There is no allowing them to just walk in and take over my thinking. We have to be very careful because we are stewards of God's property. This is God's property. He has bought us. We're bought with a price. We're not our own. We're just simply managers, stewards of what God owns. Amen? So self deception. You cannot deceive yourself. (laughs) Well, I'm just showing you that I'm in control. That's the flesh. You're just proving that you've made vows to keep control of your life and the devil's walking all over you. Amen? Many times I'll talk to people, oh no, not me. I'm... Flash, 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 flash. (laughs) You know? It's the way they're living. (laughs) Be submitted. Be humble before God. Say, Lord, I have failed. I need you, God. I got nothing. I can do nothing. Boy, I tell you, when a man is humble before his God... That God, the Bible talks in Psalm 18, I believe, he rides the clouds to come down to help you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something. He just says, "I'm, I'm on your side now. I pity any man that comes against you when I'm at your side. Well, I'll tell you something. You need to humble yourself before God. You need to give up your control and start putting it in God's hands. Amen? And stop just pretending like it's in God's hands. Many times you say, oh, it's all in God's hands. It's not really in God's hands. You are 100% controlling it by your flesh. But now your mouth is religious. <laughs> that's another act of the flesh. I'm just telling you what you want to hear so I look spiritual. It doesn't help you. It doesn't, it doesn't help you to convince me how spiritual you are. I know the truth. You're just like me. <laughs> There's nothing in you that's good, Okay? I'm convinced of that. You can try to convince me all you want that you're great. I know you're not. Because I'm not. And there's no man in here that is. We need God. Every breath. Everything we do. We're dependent upon Him. Without Him we are done. Amen. There's no help without God in our life. Anyways. There's also physical symptoms that can take place. You can have illnesses come out of strongholds. Pain in the body that does not respond to normal care. That means the doctors just can't figure it out. Voices in your head. Headaches. I I have dealt probably three different young ladies that had severe migraines. And they went to the doctors, they went over their their diets, and they did through the whole gamut of what we're allergic to and not allergic to, and it's amazing how that also we're allergic to this, and they find, oh, we're not really allergic to that, and it's just like, it's all confusion. (laughs) And I was able to sit down with each one of those girls at different times in my ministry experience and, and find out the root cause of what was really bothering them. One young girl, she was in her 20s, we went back to something that happened to her when she was five years old. And she had never thought about it until the time that we sat in my office talking about it. The Lord opened that memory up and she remembered what took place. She had so effectively blocked off that memory. But she didn't realize it was that memory that was producing all kinds of lies about herself. She was battling her whole life. She could never succeed because she thought she was stupid. And not only that, the headaches When we finally went to the Lord and the Lord gave her freedom, as a five-year-old, she never had headaches again. Same thing happened with another young lady. She had migraines all the time. (laughs) It was a physical manifestation. Now, folks... You may think, oh, preacher, you're just crazy. Believe what you want. I'll help who wants to be helped. You want to continue on in the way you are, you just go ahead till Jesus comes. But folks, I know what I've experienced. I know what I've seen. And I know what Satan can do in a person's life. And health, body issues, are at the top of the list when Satan works. In fact, you look at the Apostle Paul, he sent a messenger of Satan to buffet the flesh. What that meant is, There was a demonic presence that the Lord allowed daily to smite Paul. Buffet him. (laughs) So don't tell me that demonic presences cannot afflict your body. They can, especially if you have strongholds where you've given ground. So many times there's, I can't explain it, the doctor doesn't know Well, the doctor doesn't follow the scripture. And you're not going to get to the end of this until you deal with the root causes and evict the problem. Amen? And in all three cases, those young ladies, they stopped having headaches. Immediately. Like that. It wasn't like a dying down over time. It was the cause of it. And when the cause was gone, the headaches were gone. Buried issues from the past, lies that were in their wounds, the flesh in control. But when they submitted to the Lord, the Lord pulled that all out of there and, and, and took away the power that Satan had over their, their mind, their headaches. And he could no longer do that to them because they were giving permission. You get that, amen? I hope you do. <laughs> all I know is it's true. There's also emotional symptoms. Depression. Now, I understand there's postpartum depression. Uh, you have a baby, your hormones are out of whack. I know all that. Uh, my wife had uh, a thyroid problem. It was very severe when she was younger. It, it's, it's hard to get your emotions in balance. I understand all of that. There are medical things that happen in your glands and so forth that are medically induced and so forth that can be fixed through different hormones, balancing but folks, something is going on here. When <laughs> these same girls that I told you about, uh, one of them came to me and said, oh, the doctor gave me these pills. He said, this was balance out my hormones. And of course, as a pastor, what I do is I always look up their medication. And it was just simply an antidepressant. Had nothing to do with any specific hormone. It, just, it was the same stuff that he would give anybody that came in there that said, I don't feel happy. <laughs> you know, But they called it different things. I had a couple of different girls in a short time that the doctor called the same medication two different things, whatever fit their their problem. (laughs) Folks, don't fall for it. I mean, if you need pills, I mean, that's up to you. You do what you want to do. But what I'm saying is this. If you neglect the fact that there may be a root cause, you will go to your grave with that never growing the way God wants you to grow, never becoming what God wants you to be, and you'll be ashamed when you meet Christ. I'm not going to stand here as a preacher, just kind of, oh, it's okay, you know. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to ruffle feathers. I'm going to ruffle feathers. I've had people mad at me over this issue. I've had people mad at me over things that I say about this. I don't care. Because the ones that will listen, I've given you an opportunity to meet Christ and not be ashamed. Take it. Amen. Most preachers, they don't touch stuff like this. We don't want to rock the world. (laughs) The world is messed up. I got no trust in it whatsoever. If the Lord didn't, I don't. (laughs) I'm with Him. (laughs) Amen. You get that? (laughs) Depression. Anxiety. Anxiety is a feeling. Feelings are based on what you believe. If you have anxiety, it's because you believe something that's not right. There's lies buried there. Amen? Anger. many times anger is, is caused by some other issue in your life? There's something underneath the anger that's, that's causing the anger to, to rage. Uh, but usually there's something else. There's a bitterness or something somebody's done or a frustration about something in your life. And that causes the anger. So when you're dealing with, oh, i got an anger problem. Well, your problem isn't the anger problem. Your problem is whatever's underneath that anger. If you deal with what's underneath it, the anger would be gone. Amen? So you can spend your whole time focusing on the anger, or you can get to the root of the problem. And then there's shame. Many people live in shame as well about their life, their past, things they've done, and they continue on in that shame, never experiencing the true forgiveness that God has for them. And folks, I understand there's times where I'm sitting there and the Lord will remind me of something, I'll say, Oh, Lord... (laughs) how you can use me i just don't understand it but i always catch myself say, lord but i'm sure grateful that you forgave me i'm sure grateful that you've got a purpose for my life and i'm willing to do it with all my heart i'm not worthy of it but i'm going to keep serving you till you come again that's my commitment amen so i'm not going to allow shame to drive me back from serving god we have a lot to be ashamed about each one of us but you know what, that's a part of being in a sinful world. We've got to put that shame and accept the forgiveness of God, realize that that guilt and shame was placed upon the Lord 2,000 2000- years.